From the heart of Washington State, you are listening to The Mountain and the Word, an audio podcast show from the Mount St. Helens Creation Center, featuring news, views, and information with a biblical and scientific perspective. The Mountain and the Word is produced and presented by creation speaker Paul Taylor and is available for download from our website, mshcreationcenter.org. to The Mountain and the Word, audio podcasted program produced by the Mount St. Helens Creation Centre. It is uh, the truth of the Word of God from the foot of the mountain. And my name is Paul Taylor. I'm the director of the Mount St. Helens Creation Centre and I'm the presenter and producer of this show. You're very welcome to join us. And uh, at the date that I'm recording this, I'm recording it on September the 22nd and hopefully it will be released within the next couple of days. Now, there's been quite a lot of things happening at the centre since uh, the last podcast, so I will try and do my best to bring you up to speed as soon as possible. And uh, just the last weekend, I was in uh, Minnesota. Uh, Actually, one of the sobering things about being in Minnesota was I was actually in the town of St. Cloud on Saturday evening, the Saturday evening that there was a terrorist attack in the um, in the shopping mall. Now, I wasn't in the shopping mall. I was in the downtown area. I didn't, knew nothing about it, in fact, until the next day. Um, I was uh, with a couple of people that I'd contacted there and were in an Indian restaurant, which was uh, very nice indeed. But um, that was the day that a, a, a terrible t- um, terrorist attack occurred in the shopping mall and uh, it uh, gives you pause to reflect you know when you think you're so close to that that's probably the that's not the first time that I've been close to a terrorist attack before and previous occasion was uh, um, you know I used to live uh, I was brought up of course as you may remember in the town of Manchester the city of Manchester uh, in the north of England and uh, I well remember the uh, the big terrorist attack there when uh, um, the IRA bombed the middle of uh, of the of Manchester in the shopping centre there. That was a uh, a dreadful occasion. Uh, on that occasion, I I knew what was happening, but uh, on this occasion, I had no idea what was happening until the next day uh, that there had been this uh, awful terrorist attack. So we must pray for the victims of those uh, people who were involved there, and uh, uh, particularly pray for law enforcement officers and so on who were involved in. Uh, um, in incidents of this type and you often don't know really how many such incidents are um, uh, how, sh- how should we put it how many such incidents don't happen really because of the vigilance of uh, such law enforcement officers they need our prayers they need our support and so uh, we just say thank you uh, to God for them being there and for the things that they're doing well the reason why I was in Minnesota was I was meeting up with some folks from uh, another creation ministry from Creation Moments, and uh, um, I'll be able to tell you over the next couple of podcasts some of the things that we uh, had been discussing at that particular event. But um, suffice to say that uh, 
the Mount St. Helens Creation Centre here. We'll be working very closely with the folks at Creation Moments and uh, we're looking forward to that immensely. We're uh, going to be involved with the, uh, the radio programs that they do there and they're going to be involved with the sort of things that we're doing here at the foot of the mountain. So that's uh, all going to be great fun and very beneficial. So just keep your um, eyes and ears open for further news about that. Hopefully when we get to episode 14 I'll have some more concrete things to tell you to report on on that subject. But it's, uh, it's a great joy and privilege to be able to meet uh, with and work with my brothers and sisters in Christ at uh, that centre. So if you want to find out more about Creation Moments, then look at their website, which is creationmoments.com. That's creationmoments.com. Uh, you can set your podcasting um, software to get their, their little two-minute um, excerpts uh, radio excerpts that they that been that they've uh, been doing regularly um, narrated by Ian Taylor and you can get those uh, just search for creation moments in any podcasting software and you'll be able to find that uh, the, you can find them on iTunes you can find them elsewhere in other podcasting software too well, with that, that in mind, uh, it's clear that the season is coming to an end. I said it's September 22nd, so our season here in uh, the, the location that we're currently in will be coming to an end soon, in the second week of October. And I do have some very exciting news about that because um, I've, I've been sort of teasing you about this all year because it's, the negotiations have taken a long time, but we are very, very close to announcing some very exciting news uh, that we will have some permanent uh, new premises uh, from the start of 2017. And I can't fully announce all the details yet because it's not quite tied down. Not all the legal stuff is fully tied down, but uh, that is going to happen. And with that in mind, there are some of you who may feel that you're able to help us in a few different ways. For example, when we get into the new center, um, we're going to be needing some new um, museum-type displays, exhibition-type displays. And uh, so those of you who are artistic um, may want to consider how you might help us design such a thing. Um, I know what text I want on uh, these exhibitions, but uh, the artwork and uh, photography, that's not my particular skill. So there's people out there who'd be interested in helping with those. Uh, let me tell you two things straight off the top of my head that um, we're definitely wanting exhibitions on. We'll want a couple of exhibitions on the subject of catastrophic plate tectonics, um, which is how the flood, the early stages of the worldwide flood, um, split the Earth's crust up into the tectonic plates that we have today so that we can understand how they moved around to their current positions. And that's such an important thing to talk about in this region of the world because we know that the, um, the volcano here is here because of the activity of uh, the Earth underneath the Earth's crust and that uh, was formed, we would suggest, as a result of the, uh, the things that happened in the early stages of the worldwide flood, causing the crust to, to break open. So um, 
as I said, I know the sort of text I want there, but those people who think they'll be able to to help with a design of uh, probably two boards on the subject of uh, two display boards on the subject of catastrophic plate tectonics, then get in touch with us. And the other thing that we're interested in is uh, a display about the subject of prairie lupins. Now, prairie lupins are legumes. And, of course, the plant, the, uh, the prairie lupin, is in a symbiotic relationship with the bacteria in the nodules of its roots, the rhizobia bacteria. Uh, the rhizobia bacteria are able to fix nitrogen gas from the air to make nitrates that go into the soil so that the, uh, the prairie lupin can grow. And, you know, this is just so important, the reason being that uh, it's prairie lupins that were largely responsible for the regeneration of the land around the volcano following the devastating eruptions of 1980. Um, uh, there were some other plants as well, but particularly the prairie lupins were very important in that. And so... Uh, you realize that there is a symbiotic relationship between the plant and the bacteria. The question then is which evolved first? And of course, um, it's quite clear that neither of them actually could have evolved at all. It's not possible for one to have evolved before the other. Neither of them evolved. And it's just an interesting piece of evidence uh, which we understand in the context of believing God's word to be true. It's the sort of thing we expect to happen. I'd like to see a, a display in our center on the subject of the prairie lupin and how it works. So again, those people are good at design, uh, good at doing diagrams, labeled diagrams, and maybe those who've got some good photography skills have got good photographs of uh, um, Rhizo of of the prairie lupins, I beg your pardon. Then we we want to hear from you. Then we you uh, we can help put these things together. Well, let's shift gear now and have a look at something else. And I guess when the um, preacher, church leader uh, Andy Stanley, um, decided to uh, create his sermon series called "Who Needs God." Then uh, I suppose he thought that, uh, or rather hoped, that he was going to make some sort of an impact. He probably didn't appreciate how much of an impact he has in fact made, but um, there's been a lot of talk about this series uh, so far. And in particular, the third talk in the series, which was entitled The Bible Tells Me So. Now, the real thesis of this particular sermon is the idea that it's a weak way to defend Christianity simply to say the Bible tells me so. Stanley maintains that many people have lost their faith because of this idea of just saying that the Bible tells me so. And he claims that uh, this is not what Christianity is founded on. He claims that Christianity is not founded on the, uh, the inspiration of Scripture or even the truth of the Bible. He claims instead that Christianity is founded upon the resurrection. And the whole issue of the gospel, therefore, is to do with uh, the fact that Jesus died and rose again from the dead. And that's what we base our Christianity on. This is what he says in his sermon. Now, he maintains that his series of sermons is really directed at those people who have lost their faith. And he says that he wants to reassure some of those people that they may have given away their faith needlessly. That actually there is a perfectly good reason for them to come back to God. 
because some of the things that caused them to leave God behind, he says, are things that are not actually foundational to the Christian faith. And in his uh, sermon, the Bible tells me so, he's specifically saying that it's this idea of um, taking the Bible as our authority, which is uh, problematic to people. Now, it would appear to me that uh, Andy Stanley is coming at this from the wrong angle. Now, I, I was um, listening in, really, on a, a web discussion on this, pro this particular issue with uh, a couple of um, well-known creationists uh, who I know. And one of them was uh, saying that he had been particularly helped by Andy Stanley in the past, uh, listening to his teachings, and uh, had always found him to be very biblical. Uh, this is a little bit problematic to me because actually I've always been very concerned by Andy Stanley and by the things that he says. And it's really because of this issue of what his starting point is. And uh, I was listening to uh, a presentation by Ken Ham on this subject, and he was just emphasizing over and over again things that he's emphasized for decades, let's face it, that the real issue is the authority of Scripture. And I've just been so blessed by this particular approach. In fact, I remember in the old days, before I even started working for Answers in Genesis um, <laughs> about 11 or 12 years ago, um, picking up one of those old tape cassettes. Do you remember tape cassettes? Well, this was a, a, a tape cassette of uh, Ken speaking, and uh, the title of his talk was um, A Young Earth, It's Not the Issue. And, you know, at first it's a very provocative title, but you almost wonder, was Ken going to say, well, uh, believing um, in a young earth is not that important but actually what he hammered home in this yes it is important that we accept the biblical age of the earth of being around about 6,000 years but not because we're trying to just undermine evolution or whatever because of course we are but that the main issue is to do with the authority of scripture because scripture is very clear in its time scale and therefore, if we do not accept a biblical timescale, we are undermining the authority of Scripture. Now, I've been so blessed by that particular talk, and Ken reiterated this um, recently. And over and over again, this has been part of his ministry. Uh, we see this even in the uh, introductory exhibit in the Creation Museum, which just emphasizes that different people have different starting points, and that the correct starting point, the only starting point that actually makes sense, is the starting point that the Bible is true. But that has not been Andy Stanley's starting point. Let's just listen to this little bit of a clip from uh, his talk. Do you remember last week I said part of the problem is you grew up, but your faith didn't grow up with you? You grew up, but you outgrew your faith? Your childhood God could not withstand the rigors of adulthood and the questions of adulthood. And part of it is because our understanding of the Bible and our approach to Jesus did not grow up. And we find there's an extraordinary conflict of information and conflict of facts when it comes to the childhood version of Jesus in the Bible and what we learn as adults. Now, did you hear the implication in what Andy Stanley had to say at that point? The implication is that those of us who are childish can stick to what the Bible says. Those of us who are adult can go beyond there. 
It's a childish thing to accept the Bible as true to back up our faith. It is a mature thing to be able to go beyond that and have a much more mature foundation for our faith. Now that is not at all what the Bible teaches. For example, in Hebrews chapter 5, and uh, of course the headings that some Bible versions have, remember, are not inspired, but nevertheless they can be quite useful. Uh, the heading of Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 onwards in the English Standard Version is headed warning against apostasy. And that's what's coming up here. And what the, the writer to Hebrews has been going through the Old Testament, um, through the scriptures that they have, because that's the only scriptures they had at that time, going into deep issues, and uh, then seems to be pausing to acknowledge that some people will be struggling with going into deep issues to do uh, the, uh, into the Bible, going into the Bible and understanding uh, about Jesus from what the Bible says. And then the writer says, about this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though that by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You see, what's being talked about there is the necessity to be able to study deeply into God's word. That's what's being described as mature. But Andy Stanley thinks that it's mature to go beyond God's word, that to say the Bible tells me so is childish. Well, it is childish just to put it like that. But it isn't childish to have that as your bedrock and to say, yes, the Bible tells me so, so I'm going to study be deeply what exactly it is that the Bible tells me. That is the true maturity. Now let's go on and listen a little bit further to what Andy Stanley has to say. So Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, is problematic for adults. And here's why. Because the implication is the Bible is the reason we believe. The Bible is the reason we believe. In other words, I can believe that Jesus loves me because it's in the Bible. Well, how do you know Jesus loves me? Well, it's in the Bible. How are you confident that Jesus loves you? How can you say that? Because it's in the Bible. The Bible says it. I, I grew up with this. The Bible says it that. Anybody fill in the blank? The Bible says it that settles it. That's right. The Bible says it that settles it. Now, when I say that, that's unsettling for some of you because that's your whole perspective on Christianity. The Bible says it, that settles it. So I want you to listen really, really careful, okay? Everybody listening? The problem with that is this. If the Bible is the foundation of our faith, as the Bible goes, so goes our faith. Now, did you catch that? As the Bible goes, so goes our faith. So you see that Andy Stanley does not actually have a confidence in the Bible. Now, later on in this sermon, he went to great lengths to say that he loves the Bible and he loves to read the Bible. He reads it every day. And that's good. I'm glad he does that. But he's got the starting point wrong because he does not have the confidence that what the Bible says is foundational. And he therefore expects that the Bible will go. And therefore, people lose their faith when they've rejected the Bible, not because they were wrong, but because the Bible was wrong. And it's the other way around. 
And it's just so important to understand this. Apostasy means rejecting what the truth of God's word is in the Bible. You know, Andy Stanley makes a lot in this sermon of, of talking about the resurrection, saying that our confidence is in the resurrection. Well, our confidence is indeed in the resurrection. That is very true. But try explaining the resurrection without the Bible. And of course, you can't. And why should you? Because the whole basis of the gospel itself is to do with the resurrection. Yes, but the resurrection is based entirely on what the Bible actually says. Now, this is, this is just so important. We have an important statement of the gospel in 1 Corinthians and chapter 15. Let's just have a look at this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3, Paul says, For I delivered to you as of first importance. Uh, how important is this? Uh, first importance. I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day. That's, that's the basis of the gospel. And of course, that includes the resurrection. So, you know, our faith is based on the resurrection. So far, so good for Andy Stanley. But I think there may be some of you already screaming at uh, your computer or um, your phone, whatever you're listening to this on. Hold on a minute. You've missed something out. And I have. I very deliberately missed out a phrase that occurs twice. Let me read the passage again and put that phrase in. Because this is what Andy Stanley misses. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. The reason why our faith is based on the resurrection is because the resurrection is in accordance with the scriptures, as is the death and burial of Jesus the resurrection that is the gospel but it means nothing without the scriptures it wouldn't have happened without the scriptures these things have been done in accordance with the scriptures and those are the things that Andy Stanley wants to steal from you because he says that's just all your childish stuff you're believing it because the Bible tells you so yes we are as I said, we will go into it more deeply, but that has to be the bottom line and our foundation. This is why you sent kids off to college or grandkids off to college and they came back with no faith. Because you sent them to college with a, the Bible says it, that settles it. And then a professor got up and says, well, there's problems with the Bible. And they begin to talk about things that are, maybe aren't true or historically you know, verifiable. And your smart son or daughter that you spent thousands and thousands of dollars to get them educated come home and suddenly they're smarter than you. And they already thought they were smarter than you, but now they have a professor saying, hey, you really are smarter than your Sunday school teacher and your parents. If the Bible is the foundation of our faith, here's the problem. It is all or nothing. Christianity becomes a fragile house of cards religion. Now, did you get that? Andy Stanley says that with uh, just believing in the Bible, Christianity becomes a fragile house of cards religion. A house of cards, you know, you build uh, playing cards up and it's easy to knock down. 
it's easy to knock down because Andy Stanley has no faith in the Bible to begin with. He has no confidence in the Bible and its authority. And however much he says he likes it, that's not the issue. And, you know, this has been going on for years and years and years. This is not new. This has been something that many of us have been troubled with in Andy Stanley's teaching for a long time. And in a sense, we're just seeing it crystallized where he's actually saying it out loud. But it is the case. The idea that you describe something as a house of cards religion because it's based on the Bible is a fundamental misunderstanding of the nature and purpose of the Bible. The opposite is true. Founding your faith on what the Bible says is not a house of cards. It is a firm, rocky foundation. A better picture, rather than the unbiblical picture of the house of cards, is to compare the wise and the foolish man. The foolish man builds his house on the sand. The wise man builds his house on the rock. That rock-solid foundation is the Word of God. It is the Bible. Well, let's just return and listen again to a little bit more of what Andy Stanley has to say. Christianity becomes a fragile house of cards that comes tumbling down when we discover that perhaps the walls of Jericho didn't. When somebody in a, you know, archaeology class or a historical, you know, an ancient his history class says, you know, you may have heard in Sunday school that, you know, the, the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. But, you know, we've excavated the city of Jericho and there's no evidence that the walls came tumbling down. By the way, while we're on it, there's no evidence that a Hebrew people, you know, made some sort of trek from Egypt to Canaan, what they call the Holy Land. There's no archaeological evidence of that. Well, is there really no evidence? Well, Andy Stanley qualified what he had to say at the end. I hope you realize that. He said there was no evidence. Then he qualified and said there's no archaeological evidence. Well, that's doubtful. There have been many occasions when uh, people have said there's no archaeological uh, evidence for something in the Bible and then discovered later that there is. For example, the existence of the Hittite civilization would be one example of that mentioned in the Bible. But there was no archaeological evidence of that for a long while until it eventually turned up. But that's not the issue. There is evidence, there is evidence that the walls of Jericho came down. Do you know where that evidence is? It's in the words of the Bible. Do you understand this? This is an important point to get hold of. You do not need evidence to back up what the Bible says. The Bible is our starting point, and that is the evidence that we should have. That's where we start from. And we need to have the confidence in that. It's when we don't have the confidence in that that we throw things away. Imagine those people who gave up believing the Bible because they said they, uh, there's no evidence for the Hittites. <laughs> did they come back to faith when they found there was evidence for the Hittites? Probably most of them did not because that's not the issue. They wanted to find a reason for not believing in the Bible. There were other reasons for not believing in the Bible, and it's dishonest to say that it's because people don't have evidence for it. You don't need evidence. You start from the Bible, and this is a very, very important position. And I'll need to say something about this starting point right at the end, but let's just, again, now return to another couple of minutes of um, what Andy Stanley has to say. Do you know there are all kind of contradictions in the Old Testament? There's all these facts and figures that don't add up from Kings to Chronicles to First and Second Samuel. By the way, the Bible seems to teach that the earth is only 6,000 years old. Everybody knows that the earth is, you know, four and a half or 4.55 billion years old. The universe is 14 and a half billion years old. 
Now you know I could easily break in and give a long discussion here on the biblical age of the earth. For the moment I'd just refer you to the fact that I've covered this in this podcast before and I've got a little booklet, a small booklet on the subject entitled The Biblical Age of the Earth. But, you know, we should at least point out that it is not a scientific statement to say that the universe is 14.6 billion years old. That is not measured by direct science. That is measured by somebody's assumptions. An assumption, clearly, that does not take into account the idea that God created the universe and certainly doesn't take into account the truth of the Bible, without which you would actually have no basis for uh, believing that scientific laws were in any way or shape or form valid. Again, we'll return to uh, Andy Stanley now. If the, if the Bible, if the entire Bible isn't true, then the Bible isn't true. And if the Bible isn't true, Christianity comes tumbling down. So consequently, during your whole lifetime, And during my whole lifetime, Christians have felt compelled to defend the Bible because the only way to defend the Christian faith is to defend the Bible. And what your students have discovered, and if you read broadly, you've discovered, it is next to impossible to defend the entire Bible. But if your Christianity hangs by the thread of proving that everything in the Bible is true, you may be able to hang on to it, but your kids and your grandkids and the next generation will not. I think to be fair Andy Stanley has focused on some important uh, problems but he has entirely the wrong solution because of the wrong starting point. He has shown that there are many young people who go away to college who then lose their faith because of what the professors in college say about the Bible. But Andy Stanley is assuming that what the professors say is true and what the Bible says is not. And uh, the issue there is that these young people don't accept what the Sunday school teachers have said because they didn't go into it in depth. How often have we heard about people asking questions of Sunday school teachers who simply say, well, I don't know the answer to that, but, um, you know, just believe in Jesus. And that's just inadequate. You know, the, the big ministry of Answers in Genesis and of other creation groups, and it's the important ministry of us here at the Mount St. Helens Creation Center, is to give people the information, and particularly young people, so that they'll know how to defend their faith, so that they'll have the answers. It's not just a question of saying, the Bible tells me so, though that is a true starting point, and I'm not going to argue against that in any way. That is a true starting point. The Bible does tell us so, but we need to say what exactly is it that the Bible says. We need to ground our young people so that they have the answers, so that when they go off and they hear the highly intelligent nonsense, and that's what it is, highly intelligent, sophisticated nonsense that the professors give, they will know how to understand those. They will know how to categorize those issues so that they understand what is true and what isn't true and that they will learn to weigh everything against Scripture. That's the sort of thing that we need to be giving our young people. Yes, we shouldn't just be telling them, just remember the Bible tells you so some, just remember the Bible tells you so some, but that's a good starting point for uh, the small children, but we need to give them the reasons why. Whereas Andy Stanley seems to think that's all they have and they go away and they hear the truth from elsewhere and that causes things to come tumbling down. No, these things that are opposed to scripture are not the truth. We have to have confidence in 
the word of God to begin with because there is no other basis for our knowledge. We've talked on this very podcast about uh, our apologetic position, why we take a presuppositional apologetic position, why we start from the word of God because there is no basis for knowledge without it. And once again, I could go off on a bunny trail and um, give you a lot of stuff on that. But we've done that on this podcast. I've written about it in my book, Only Believe. So we've got that there. It's, it's been covered. And uh, the issue here is that Andy Stanley not only does not have confidence in the word of God himself, but he is undermining the confidence of those listening to him. There may be many people in his church out of those 40,000 people or so who listen at all the various campuses that take uh, Andy Stanley's sermons. There may have been people who came to that talk absolutely sure, well, in their own mind that the Bible says it all, the Bible tells me so, but really didn't know why, and now their faith has been undermined because their so-called pastor their so-called pastor has undermined scripture for them and you know i you might detect i'm feeling a bit angry about this yes i am angry remember these people uh, who are under the preaching of such people these are the babes in the faith whose faith is being undermined understand he keeps talking about young people and he's undermining their confidence in scripture and what did jesus say about those people who caused such harm to our children. He says it would be better that they had a millstone hung round their neck and thrown into the deepest parts of the sea. That's how seriously Jesus takes it. And that's why I'm angry. That's why I am so frustrated at this sort of talk. And you know, you then get other people who've jumped on the bandwagon to attempt in their way to defend Andy Stanley. One of the most noticeable ones is the... Um, the apologist uh, Frank Turek and of course Frank Turek is not a presuppositional apologist and of course this is part of the problem yeah, he takes what's uh, referred to as a classical apologist position I've talked about that before y if you've been listening to me for any length of time you'll know what the difference is he wrote a very long article on the subject of Andy Stanley's talk and in particular more really to do with a, a, an interview that Andy Stanley had with Russell Moore and uh, listen to what he has to say in the conclusion of that article. Here are a couple of um, uh, Turek's comments. Uh, he says, You may disagree with some of Andy's tactics, leaning too far towards evangelism, provocative statements, and leaving some moral issues to small groups. Well, do we really think that Andy is leaning too far towards evangelism? Evangelism is about proclaiming the word of God. We've heard what the gospel is that the gospel is about jesus being dying according to the scriptures being buried and being raised again on the third day according to the scriptures so our evangelism is according to the scriptures that's where we start andy stanley's method is to be seeker sensitive to encourage people to be comfortable in church even if they have no faith he even talked at one point in that interview of these things uh, of christian things rubbing off on people because they're comfortable in church do you know what if we if i am part of a church where atheists are comfortable that's the time to leave because they should not be comfortable and in fact christians should not be comfortable under the preaching of god's word because it's a two-edged sword it's there 
the words of Jesus there to change us, to mould us. We we hear what the uh, what the purpose of Scripture is. It's the it's uh, Scripture is inspired by God. It is God breathed. Why? Because it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what it's there for. It's there to train us, not to make us feel comfortable. If I want to feel comfortable, I'll sit down in a comfy chair and watch sports on a Sunday morning. That is not what we're here for. We're there in church to be unsettled, to be taught, to be challenged, and to be developed so that we grow closer to the Lord Jesus Christ and that we're open to the leading of the Holy Spirit in all that he would have to say to us. Comfortable? No. That is not what it's about. What it's about is getting to grips with God's word. That's why Andy Stanley can comment on the idea that uh, the Bible's wrong because it says that the earth was created in six days when everybody knows, everybody knows it was made uh, over a period of billions of years. Everybody doesn't know that. Our evidence otherwise is there in the word of God and that must be our starting point as long as I have breath that's what I'm going to be declaring as God gives me strength to do so because that's where we must always begin it really saddens me and it also makes me angry that there are people like uh, Andy Stanley and like Frank Turek who are starting from the wrong starting point and leading people astray we have talked about William Lane Craig being embarrassed that there are pastors who believe that God made the world less than 10,000 years ago. I'm embarrassed, I am saddened, and I am angry that there are Christians who take the Bible so lightly and with such contempt that they cannot submit themselves to what it says. So I'm sorry for that. I'm being a bit hard, I know. But uh, you didn't come to this podcast to have a nice, easy, fluffy pink ride, did you? I'm always being told by my wife I need to be a bit more fluffy and pink. So in a fluffy and pink way, get down to studying God's word and submit to that. However pink and fluffy you want that to be, I don't know. But let's do that for the honour and for the glory of his name. Thank you for listening. Well, you've been listening to The Mountain and the Word, an audio podcasted programme presented by me, Paul Taylor, the director of the Mount St. Helens Creation Centre. Make sure you keep your podcasting software up to date so that you do not miss a single episode of The Mountain and the Word. Have a look at our website, mshcreationcentre.org. Consider coming to visit our centre, get in touch with us, have a look at the resources we have in the store on the web and in our bookstore as well. And uh, we look forward to being in touch with you. May God bless you. was The Mountain and the Word, an audio podcast show from the Mount St. Helens Creation Centre. For more information, visit our website, mshcreationcentre.org.